You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I know Kung Fu. Show me. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Welcome to the John Weldon Show. All right, guys, I want to get into something tonight. I have entitled this Two Fathers at War. Two Fathers at War. Now, we understand from Scripture we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have God the Father. And in that paradigm, we understand God as Father. And uh, I want to contrast that with something that many of us maybe have never considered. We've maybe we've never looked at it this way. But in John chapter 8, Jesus is going back and forth with the Pharisees. They're arguing. And he's saying that um, before Abraham was, I am, which is like a blasphemous, incredible statement that he makes. And they go back and forth with him and they say, you're not even 50 years old. How could you dare say that you're older than Abraham? And he's, he points back at them and he ups at another level. And he says, you are of your father, the devil. I don't know if any of you remember that passage. It's pretty intense. It rarely gets taught in church. But John chapter 8, Jesus debating with the Pharisees and he calls their father the devil because they were saying, our father is Abraham. And he's like, no, your father is the devil. So pretty intense back and forth, right? So in this back and forth, we have two fathers. We have God, the father of Jesus, and the devil, the father of the Pharisees, the father of the those who represent the religious system, the old covenant system, that that world system that's in front of him that he's challenging there's two fathers and they're at war so that's why i've titled this two fathers at war now as i have been pondering this uh there's this passage that i just think is absolutely stunning and i want to share some thoughts with you so in john chapter 14 john chapter 14 this is right after he has washed the disciples' feet, and he goes a little further, and he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so you may also be where I am. You know the place to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? I love that. So freaking real and raw. We don't know where you're going. How can we know how to get there? You know, he's just straight out, you know, saying it, saying what we're thinking as you're reading it. Like, what is he talking about? And Jesus responds. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Now Philip speaks up, and he says, Lord, show us the Father, 
and that will be enough for us. Again, amazing interaction. I love the raw honesty back and forth here. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. All right, I'm going to pause there. Notice in this back and forth that when they say, show us the Father, show us the Father. Now, keep in mind, when Jesus was starting his ministry, God the Father spoke audibly from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, there was another time later in Jesus' ministry where the the clouds opened, the sky opened, and they heard the Father speak again. And in that, it says that the uh, the crowd, some heard thunder, some say they uh, heard angels, and then some actually recorded what God the Father said in that moment. And Jesus said, "I He said this for your benefit, not for my benefit." So we have these these times that God the Father actually showed up, showed himself in those ways. And Jesus here, though, he doesn't point to that. Instead, he says, Philip says, show us the Father. Jesus says, you've seen me. You've seen me. That's his answer to the question. Show us the Father. You've seen me. But what is Jesus saying? Is he saying, I am the Father? No, he's not. He's saying, I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. The words I speak, the deeds I do, everything I'm doing, all my actions are representative of the Father. The writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, referring to the Son, Jesus, says that he is the expressed image of exact expressed image of the Father. If you think about this, uh, let's put this in human terms. In old ancient cultures, and maybe even some you know, tribal cultures that still exist in the world, you might have a tiny idol of some sort. There's some little statue that represents a God of some sort. It's the image of the God. Jesus is the exact express image of God, the Father. Now, the extra piece to this that's so crazy is that it's not just a crude image of the Father. It's the exact express image of God, the Father. Show us the Father. You've seen me. I, I am everything that you're looking for. I am in him. He's in me. My words, my actions, my deeds, all of that represent and display God the Father. That's what Je Jesus is saying in John 14. And as the express exact image, he's conformed 
in exact way to God the Father. Now, he is God the Son, who is the word that put on flesh and came into our world. Now, we just had Christmas, right? So this is our exact Christmas story, is that he is God, the invisible God, who then put on human flesh and dwelled among us. Emmanuel, God with us. So you have this whole occurrence that happens. But here's the wild thing. So often in the church, we talk more about Jesus, very little about the Holy Spirit, except for parts of the church, yes, of course, uh, and, and very little about God the Father. He ends up being distant. He ends up being the angry one that Jesus saved us from. He saved us from the wrath of the Father, or we're supposed to be afraid of the Father. And that's the fear of God that keeps you from all kinds of sinful lifestyle or whatever. There's, there's so many ways that God the Father gets put in the back, in the background. And yet, the actual life and mission of Jesus was to be the exact express image of God the Father. And in doing that, when Philip says, show us, show us God the Father, he says, haven't I? Haven't you seen my life? Haven't you seen me here with you demonstrating God the Father all this time? I don't have to part the clouds like a Monty Python movie and have God come out and talk to you. I literally am demonstrating what God the Father is like. And at, at the same, in the same way, this is actually our call. This is actually our mission. See, so many people we think, oh, you know, I wanna be like Jesus. I wanna be like Jesus. And that, that's a good aspiration. But who did Jesus want to be like? See, Jesus was actually focused on being like his father. To be like Jesus is to be like God the Father. When I think of the, the prodigal son story, so often, the Luke 15 prodigal son story, we often, we place ourselves in this story as Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of religious and, and I can be judgy sometimes. Maybe I'm like the older brother. Or sometimes we place ourselves with the prodigal son. You know, I just, I wander off and I, I probably have done some bad stuff and I, I'm probably like the prodigal son. And we place ourselves in one of those two. But there's two categories right before it, two different parables. One is the, uh, the sheep that wanders off from the 99, the one and the 99. And Jesus is actually making this, this uh, point to the Pharisees saying, you're supposed to be like the good shepherd that goes after the one that's missing and brings it back. He's not saying, identify yourself. Are you one of the 99 who never walk off? Or are you the one who walks off and he goes and rescues? No, he's saying, be like the shepherd that has the heart to go after and retrieve and bring it back. Or the second one, he talks about the coins. And he says, a woman who lost a coin and she had 10 coins and she sweeps and cleans her whole house until she finds it. He's not saying, are you one of the nine coins that never get lost? Or are you the coin that gets lost that God goes and finds? No, he's saying, be like the woman who cleans the house top to bottom to find the valuable coin. 
So when he gets to the story of the prodigal son, he's actually talking about be like the father in the story. It's not which son are you? That is not the right application of that story ever. You are meant to actually be like the father in the story. And that's what he was trying to get across to these religious Pharisees in the first century who were not celebrating people being healed on the Sabbath, people being restored, people finding uh, freedom in their life uh, from demons and, and physical ailments. And he was saying, you're supposed to celebrate like the father of the prodigal son celebrated when he came home. So in this, in this picture, we have, again, be like the father. Jesus was focused on being like his father. So that when Philip asked him, show us the father in John 14, he could say to him, look, I've been with you a long time. Haven't you seen the Father in my life, my words, my actions, my deeds? Haven't you seen the Father? See, the whole point of, of the mission was actually to unveil the Father. When you get to 2 Corinthians 3, Paul makes it so clear that under Moses, there was a veil that was put over God. It was like a veil, like a sheet, a curtain that blocked that people could not see what God the Father was actually like. So Jesus comes and he brings a new covenant and it removes the veil off of the Father. Now people with, without unobscured eyes can actually see and behold the glory of God. They don't have to block their face like Moses did on the great mountain. No, instead they actually can see and interact and have a direct interaction relationship. This is what Paul's point is in 2 Corinthians 3, that we no longer have a veiled relationship with God. This was the whole mission, was to unveil God the Father. That's what Jesus the Son came to do, is to reveal, to be the exact express image of God the Father, Hebrews 1, 3. Now, let's take it one step further. If the Son is just like the Father, and we, what are we supposed to be? Well, Romans chapter uh, 8 talks about us being conformed to the image of the Son. So here you have God the Father in heaven, and you have God the Son is his exact express image. And then we have you, and you are actually meant to be conformed to or reformed and, and changed and transformed and renewed into the image of the Son. And what is the image of the Son? It is the exact express image of God the Father. So this is the, this is the trajectory here. God the Father sends his exact express image, Jesus the Son, and then you are to be conformed to the image of Jesus the Son, who is the exact express image of God the Father. So here in our society, here in our world, we have an entire planet of orphans. The whole planet is filled with orphan people who are fatherless spiritually. And I titled this Two Fathers at War. We have God the Father 
who through you and your life, people could say, well, show me what your God is like. Well, haven't you been with me long enough to know that God is in me and I'm in him and everything coming through my life is what God the Father is like? See, my, my kids are able to look at me and get a really good picture of what Jesus and God the Father is like. They can look into my life and through my life and see that's what God the Father is like because I'm conformed to the image of the Son and he's an exact express image of God the Father. And as I'm conformed, now my children, they can see in my life, this is what the Son is like, this is what Jesus is like, this is what God the Father is like. There's a congruency, an integration, an accurate representation that comes through. And this should be the same in every area of our life, whether it's the waitress, the cashier, the coworker, all of that, that they see this thing that's weaved through us, that they see the congruency of that representation of the image of the invisible Father God and what he's like and his loving nature and all of that. Now, it's hard to do that if you have a disconnect in your heart, in your mind, in your theology, where you see God the Father as some scary, awful, distant, judgmental, wrathful, about to bring down you know, evil on everybody, judgment, all this stuff, then you probably have a disconnect. There's a very often very easy to get that disconnect. And yet at the end of the day, that, that alignment is actually the goal of this whole mission, of the mission of bringing the Father to the fatherless, bringing the Father God to the fatherless world. And they're not just a fatherless world, often, they have a connection through slavery. See, where the presence of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom in the sons and in the sonship, the sons of God. And on the other side, there is slavery to sin and unrighteousness. And their father puts them in bondage. Their father, the devil, which is the other option. So you have God the father and you have the devil the father. And for those joining later, I referred to this in John chapter 8, where Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees, and he says, your father, the devil. So we have these two fathers in contrast. And in this back and forth, the world, we have orphans, fatherless-hearted people around the world. It should not be people in the church with an orphan spirit. What in the world are we talking about? If a Christian has an orphan spirit, there's a massive disconnect from the fact that you were bought into freedom, bought out of slavery to sin, bought out of slavery to the devil, to, to the, the father of evil and lies, and brought into the kingdom of light and truth and the Father and this family of God, and you're the bride of Christ, and you're brought into the family. You're no longer an orphan. That never applies to you if you've become a believer. So you have these two, two worlds of 
orphan people who are run by a system, by a matrix that is controlling their mind, their life, their actions, their, their sin, their unrighteousness, harming their life, or the kingdom of freedom, of identity, of knowing who you are, of knowing that you're loved, of being connected to God the Father. These are the two fathers that are at war in our world. And you have to decide, which one am I on? Which father am I going to walk out and represent in this earth? And if you, if you, um, yeah, if you need help with that, uh, I, I just whew, got me fired up tonight. Um, we are, we are launching again. We are launching, and here we are. I'm, I'm talking to you on January first, and uh, in February, Indestructible Leaders is coming. IndestructibleLeaders.com. It is a whole Bible school, everything I just talked about, and so much more. Understanding the covenants, getting a clear understanding of your sonship, your identity, uh, the Father unveiled, breaking off all the, the garbage that has been bought into in people's misunderstanding of God the Father, and really clearing that so that you can be conformed to the Son and be just like the Father in this world. Um, go check it out indestructibleleaders.com. Thank you for taking a few minutes to hang out with me tonight. I'm planning to be on every day this month and uh, dig into some stuff. So hopefully I'll see you tomorrow or whenever. Thanks guys. Bye. Truth be told, I'm not the man now. So oh.